0: Hey, it's Spike Eskin. Welcome to the Carl Landry Record Club, a music podcast from the rights to Ricky Sanchez. Boy, do we have a special episode for you. Daryl Morey, the president of basketball operations, general manager for the Philadelphia 76ers, has one and only one Spotify playlist. We found that out while talking to him. It's 42 hours long. I don't want to give away anything else. Just know that the playlist exists right now in the description, a link does in in the description to this podcast, or at Club.com. The podcast normally is about three albums or an interview with an artist. The three albums are an album that I love, an album that Mootloo, my co-host, loves, and an album that a listener loves. If you want to submit an album to the Carl Landry Record Club for us to talk about, please do it in the Apple Podcast Reviews and Ratings leave us five stars and leave your album in there, or you can do it at Club.com. There is a full list of all of the albums that we've talked about. Without any further ado, I bring you the Daryl Morey episode of the Carl Landry Record Club. (laughs) Daryl Morey joins us. Now, Daryl obviously has been on the Ricky before to talk about basketball. But if I can reveal, I got a a direct message from Daryl saying, I have this Spotify playlist that that my daughter is is telling me I should release, and I think it might be good for your Carl Landry thing. And uh, I just you sent the playlist and it's 42 hours long and there's, I just, can, can you give just the context of this playlist and why you're here right now? Thank you. But give the context.
1: Sure. Yeah. So I have this monster playlist cause I just have one and I'll just like, I think it's really dumb to just have one playlist, right? Yeah. But, but I, but I have it. I mean, so, uh, yeah, my daughter loves it and she's, She's like partly my social media manager. She does my Instagram. I do my Twitter, okay uh, so that's why I get fined on Twitter and not on Instagram <laughs> but uh, but yeah, she said, uh, you said and then the, I think you had asked me earlier to come on the Carl Landry because I was like, well, I have to do something named after Carl Landry. That yeah, was of course. my my second official GM draft pick. I mean, Steve Novak was sort of my first because I was the assistant GM, but Carol Dawson and I were already working together. But uh, Aaron Brooks was my f- first draft pick as a GM, and then Carl was second in a, in a very tumultuous trade with uh, Sam Presti where it, like, counted down three, two, one to the clock before Sam agreed to the deal. So Carl Landry holds a spe- Other thing about Carl Landry, he, has, he, has, he had no ligaments in his knees. So I don't uh, know if people knew this. But he he was a medical miracle that he played because he had, he had no ACL and he could play in the NBA. And the reason he could, according to our orthopedist in Houston, was that he had worked so much on his muscles around his knee and he had severe arthritis, which was super painful. And the arthritis itself, which is this bone on bone, had created a stable knee because the bones had... Formed like almost grooves so that it was stable with muscle, so he had no ACL. Not
0: many people probably know that. Nor will really they have interest in that. <laughs> wasn't there a power forward? Who is the power forward on the Spurs? If for some yeah, reason I keep thinking Pittsburgh, of, Pittsburgh, um, DeWan Blair. Dewan Blair had, didn't have ACL. Also but, had the same. Had yeah, the same, yeah. I, I wanted. This. I wanted to say. A certain Elton Brand-like power forward, like that was the first thing that <laughs> oh, popped like. Oh, Elton Brand
1: is—he's never coming on now. Yeah, you, you, Elton Brand. First off, he was like a thousand times better than DeJuan Blair. Yes, second, he was. Second, second, he is very careful to remind people that he was not—he was much better than DeJuan Blair. <laughs> <laughs> As well, he should. It was—it was like when, uh, it was like when the Minnesota GM tried to compare Chris Webber to. Uh, The guy was picked second, uh, uh, you know, after in the draft ahead of Carmelo that year. Who am I drawing that? Oh, uh, uh, the the, the guy that went to Detroit. Um, Yeah, the human uh, victory cigar. What was it?
0: (laughs) Yeah. What's his name? Fuck. (laughs) <laughs> um, the white guy, it was, Euro, it was a Euro guy. Yeah, uh-huh. Euro, yeah. yeah,
1: Croatian, I think. So. The,
0: anyway. Well, El- Elton, I actually made a case. I, I think when they first hired him, we were talking about him on the Ricky. I, I, I loved Elton as a, a player here, like what it, it didn't go great for him here, but he was always a really good dude. And I started looking through his basketball reference as we were talking about it, and I was like, fuck, man. Until Elton got hurt, he was, like, a Hall of Fame. He was, like, 25 and 13 and like, two blocks. Like, he was an incredible player before he got hurt. He was amazing.
1: Darko Milicic, if you want some there we go. really ah. fun YouTube, yeah. watch David Kahn in Summer League compare Chris Webber to Darko Milicic. And, <laughs> and Chris very calmly, but not so calmly, just destroyed. I remember that, yes. <laughs> yeah, so...
0: So you only have one playlist? I'm sorry. I think we skipped over that. I literally just have
1: one playlist, and my I, my family both loves it and hates it because I'll just I'll just skip till I hit a song I like. Versus <laughs> versus just I'm sure I'm sure if, I'm sure Spotify. I could be put up as like how not to use Spotify, probably. <laughs> so so
2: anyway, we have to say I it's mean, very front loaded with the musicals. So is that like uh yeah. Is that cuz then the second half like Spike and I were trying to dissect it a little bit. <laughs> Sorry. Said, the, no, it's great. It's 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 a lot. To, I've been, I he sent it to me and I've been listening to it straight through
1: since uh, <laughs> Oh, No. Oh no. I've been torturing been torturing you. But the front um, half
2: is the first like I don't know 10 15 hours or all like So musicals. it started
1: out as I did a Facebook thread with my friends on the top musical songs of all time. So that's like the first 40 and then I would listen to that, and I got sick of 40 songs. So I just, like, <laughs> when I heard a song I liked, I just kept adding it. And then it was like I was stuck. Like, I, it was too much work to extract it. And so I'm too, like, busy to, like, take all the time to put them into their own place. So I just add stuff. Every once in a while, I'll prune as well. So,
0: so my, my wife is, is a big—I've seen a lot of musicals, Broadway musicals, because my wife likes them. I, I, tend, I don't like them very much. I tend to not like the legendary ones, and the ones that I liked don't last very long. Like, I liked Big Fish, and I liked uh, American Psycho. What, are, you in a, are you a musical Broadway person, or did that, that conversation just come out of nowhere?
1: No, I'm definitely, I'm, I love musicals. In fact, my, my uh, playlist is called Thematic, songs and the idea it originally was top musical songs. I changed it to thematic. Cause I like big themed things. Like I like Pink Floyd the Wall. I like the you know, the Meatloaf album Rest in Peace, Jim Steinman, the first one. You know, any any like albums that have like a general theme, which used to be a bigger thing. I think now you have four guest stars and you just release one song. But you know, we're we're all old enough where people would release Albums, like even Men Without Hats, Pop Goes the World album. Every song, like, related to the other songs on that album. And so I like I like, I like like when there's a theme to my albums.
2: Well, Men Without Hats, you mentioned. See, I went through the list, and I did key in on that song, because uh, Safety <laughs> Dance. We can dance, we can dance, everything's out of control. We can dance, we can
1: dance.
2: Is uh, I wanted to get some of your perspectives on safety dance, because I love that song. It's, uh, it's completely absurd. It's yeah. one of the most absurd songs I've ever written, but it's like gloriously absurd. And you can't help but rock out. Like, so do you have like a personal connection to that song?
1: Yeah, just, I mean, obviously as a child of really growing up in the 80s, uh, Men Without Hats when i go back to listen it's frankly worse than i remember almost <laughs> always <laughs> but i i love that safety dancing meant then pop goes the world was like probably their biggest album and then they just disappeared although they they had an album after it, which i just got and i it's like you know if you love a band and they come up with a stinker of an album you still forced you, you mm-hmm. want to like it and just <laughs> listen and then you realize like years later like why did i waste my time like trying to like uh, uh, this this third album you know <laughs> so and frankly they're probably never good but they' you know it, it was meaningful to me it was in high school. I used to listen to him with my next door neighbor all the time. So that's
0: that's basically the twenty nineteen twenty sixers. That's kind of how <laughs> we feel. That, that's the, the oh, this will work. This is great. Uh, anyway. we'll,
1: we'll just we'll just shove a bunch of songs in there, and they yeah. don't have to fit. <laughs> yeah.
0: They're all good. Um, They're all fine. <laughs> okay, so we you know we're all in the same age group, and and Moot and I have talked before about sort of the. The thing that younger people don't understand, because they have the ability to do these long, long, long playlists, is that when we made like mixtapes or when you got, there was a a finite amount of time that you could put in the playlist. So you had to craft it um, in a certain way because you had a limit. Look, we're going to get into some songs in the playlist, but I think what I would like to express to you, and I love this playlist, but I think as a tribute to your Gen X-ness, you have to have some sort of appreciation for a finite amount of room <laughs> that you should have on a playlist. So you have to make choices. You don't even have to make any choices on this one.
1: <laughs> this is true. Uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a good point. And the other thing people understand is like finding certain music was hard. You had to go to the, you had to go to the mall. Like the mall near me is where Jeffrey Dahmer used to hang out. It was like right, right down the street from me. And I'd have to go to the, you know, the, the rec, you know, the. You know the 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 store there and like dig through all the cassette. I mean, I started with eight tracks. That's how friggin' old I am. So like, you know, where you had to like push yeah. a button and it would advance like twelve minutes or twenty minutes and just drop you in the middle of a song. It was like torture. So, yeah. Anyway, we're gonna we should probably not do that for your listeners. They're gonna be like, boomer boomer <laughs> yeah, time. yeah yeah. We're yeah. all boomers. <laughs> yeah.
0: I was going through and I was listening to some of the musical ones that I liked and then some that I, I recognized. The ones that I like are the ones that just sort of sound like normal songs that don't come out like, I don't know, like fucking Broadway songs. I think we all know that. But <laughs> the, I, honestly, my heart warmed up when I saw Suddenly Seymour because mm-hmm. from Little sure. Shop of Horrors because that was obviously a movie. Sunny. Um, the fact that Rick Moranis is on your playlist is great. But uh, <laughs> thinking back to that movie and like how awesome it was, I guess what what brought back this memory? Why is that song on there, or is it just that you like the song?
1: No. So a lot of a lot of people don't know Alan Menken and and Howard Ashman, who later went on to like be the go-to songwriters for Disney, uh, both Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, Pocahontas. That whole run was them. They they did Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, And around that time, they also did Newsies, which had Christian Bale. So um, I'm just a huge, I I love melody-focused songwriters. Um, You know, that's why, obviously Sondheim is the greatest musical songwriter of all time, but I like guys like Andrew Lloyd Webber that the snobs don't like, because they they have the gift of melody, and and Mencken and Ashman created great stuff, and uh, obviously Little Shop of Horrors was one of their early works that uh, was a big hit.
2: Yeah, I noticed you mentioned Stephen Sondheim. There's a lot of Sondheim on this playlist. And uh, I think the first musical that I remember actually watching the film and being like, oh, this is awesome, or that really connected with me is that, like, this is a vehicle for just great songwriting, great arrangements, great performances, uh, West Side Story. Mm -hmm. And when you think of that one, that's the combination of Sondheim with
1: yeah, and so he just did things. the lyrics for that, and right. and and, the, and he like self beats himself up over the lyrics in West Side Story because he was yeah he was young he was in his twenties when he wrote West Side Story he did the lyrics, and uh, and he he has like tons of interviews about how he blew the lyrics in West Side Story, you know because he has all these like what he considers to be inner rhymes and all these like you know like flourishes that he would never do now. But, of course, I love it, and so do many people, so it sort of sounds weird when he kills himself uh, over it.
2: It's a strange thing that sometimes, you know, once something's out there, that you can't get it back. And it's, it's it's always interesting to me, artists who have something that everyone loves, but they personally feel some sort of bitterness or regret about it, because that, to me, is probably the most iconic thing he's been involved with. But I guess it's also there's the thing of he was the lyricist on that. And maybe there's a, a, a part of him that feels like, well, since he is also a composer, you know, it doesn't feel like quite the same accomplishment. But then, but then again, to have collaborated with Leonard Bernstein, I just always thought amazing. of was as such an amazing combination.
1: I've heard it. Ha- I don't know many art. Like, I'm, I'm not a huge music person, so I don't know many musicians, frankly. But I can imagine they, they go to, you know, concerts and they're asked to play the same Damn songs over and over, and they probably just start hating their own stuff that they have to play. And Sondheim's known for West Side Story, and he's known for like sending the clowns, which people don't even know what the the show that that's from, Little and Night Music. the, clowns, send in the clowns, Just when I stop. And and you know, he considers like his greatest song to be, which is the first song on the of the playlist, which is Someone in a Tree. It's a long song, but it's like very philosophical. Pro- it probably it would probably speak to you, Spike. I don't know if you listened to the first song on the playlist, but uh, but it, it's, uh, it's pretty deep. Yeah. It's pretty deep, it's deep. It's like eight minutes, it's deep,
0: yeah. I'm gonna somehow connect the musical stuff you guys were just talking to to a hair band thing but it reminded me <laughs> it, it reminded me no this is, this is like a sad story so i remember do you remember warrant you guys remember warrant uh, yeah, cherry they, pie heaven yes yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Hey! Where's this
0: going? <laughs> you, wait, wait. No, it's a sad story. Okay. I so so you know they, they had their heyday, and I remember there was a place in Northeast Philly that was called John's Boardwalk. That was I think in Filmont and Bustleton, and there was there was a couple of summers when these '80s bands like sort of reunited and all did like the they kept coming through this one place, and me and my roommate would go see him. It was great, and Warrant played there, and Janie Lane got up. On, who was the singer? Was up on stage. And in the middle of it, he was like, all right, you want me to do the fucking ballads? I'll do the ballads, you guys all love the ballads. <laughs> and, and he sped through them, and he played like four of them all in a row. He did this medley, and I could see that people were annoyed. And he later died due to a, a drug and alcohol overdose. He was like a really sad person. But it was so sad to see here was a place, the place was packed, and here are all these people with those songs brought them so much joy. And he obviously was in a place at one point when he wrote it, he was like, I love this. I think it's great. And then it turned for him, but it never turned for them. And it was such like a, it was a sad moment, honestly, to see the creator (laughs) of it. He even
1: said it out loud, like, all right, I'll. Play the yes. ballads. Damn yes. It. Yeah. You <laughs> paid he your had money. No interest. <laughs> yeah. It was like he's the monkey with the symbols. And yes. Like. Yeah. And it, was,
0: it was like a bummer. Um, the first. So the first musical I ever remember seeing. Again, a, a movie. It was on there. Was. I think my mom loved it because <laughs> Grease was on in my house yes. so often that so I saw Summer Nights on here. <laughs> But Greece was so awesome. I even I will I will defend you must Greece been too. Real little for Greece. I like three. Well, so it was like 1979, <laughs> 80, something like that, right? Yeah, I think it was earlier seventy seven. I think. But it, it must have been on HBO or something all the time because I, I remember my. There's like, no HBO. I don't
1: think in seventy seven.
0: No, when okay. I was watching it. I Oh, just, later. Like, like, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, All right, okay. Um, but it was, a, it's, I, I even think Grease 2 is pretty good. But um, the songs My wife Greece loves Grease awesome. 2. She
1: thinks it's better. This is quite the take by my wife. Yeah, it but, it okay. might be.
0: It might be. <laughs> uh, is there a specific Grease memory or you just like it?
1: Yeah, so when I first... I, I was born in Wisconsin, but when I first moved to Ohio, which is where I went to school from uh, first grade through high school, uh, my neighbor... She was like obsessive with Greece and made us reenacted me at age like 5 in her basement and and uh there'd be more to that story if it wasn't five but thankfully it was very it was very it was very PG uh, reenactment of Greece yeah so well that tune the title tune
2: is a monster track and I saw you had some Frankie Valli in the four seasons on here but that song is interesting because uh, you know, a lot of times you custom to hear Frankie Valley in that high falsetto, and on the Grease title track or the theme song, whatever the yeah the title track. They think all just a Why don't they understand? It's just a He's singing in his mid range on a song written by Barry Gibb. So that's oh, I didn't
1: know Barry Gibb wrote that. Yeah, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. and that's, that's usually I, always, I know that stuff. So.
2: Yeah, he he like. You think about, of course, the Bee Gees had so many hits. I saw you had a few Bee Gees on here, too. But, you know, he wrote uh, Islands in the Stream for Kenny Rogers and, and Dolly Parton. Parton. And, yeah. you know, he had this amazing—he and his brothers had this amazing career of writing songs for, for other artists. But I always loved hearing Frankie Valley in that mid-range. You know, Spike, we were talking about that with Cinderella with Tom Kiefer. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes when you're used to hearing someone always up in that high range— it's like oh, it's cool to hear that that mid-range. Yeah, that Greece is awesome. Travolta singing. I used to have mm-hmm. a vinyl Travolta album that my parents had had, uh, had left for me, and I kept the record player. I mean,
1: you know, Travolta was
2: kind of the triple threat: acting, singing, dancing.
1: <laughs> yeah, and we know. we lost to Pulp Fiction. Yeah, so I'm a big Frankie Valli fan, uh, and the Four Seasons. I think they're sort of like an underrated. Group at this this point, but for me December 1963 is like their best song and one of the top 25 songs ever Whatever my list I haven't done that list it's got to be on the playlist, so it's so long. <laughs> My top twenty-five is is there somewhere. Well, you got a nice block
2: so. of Frankie Valli, though. I, I do it, about yes. a half dozen, or maybe even more than that. So it's the it's <laughs> there's blocks in this playlist. I like that. It's the Frankie Valli block. You got the Springsteen.
1: Oh, Springsteen, yes. My block. wife's from Freehold, New Jersey, so Springsteen <laughs> is uh is obviously front and center. Would just, you say uh, you're actually, Would you say you're a huge fan of the Boss or? A huge fan, yeah. I mean, not one of these ones that like Trout, like uh, Pat Riley famously goes to like every show he does. Uh, but I did go to his show. Down. So I was married in the church that he, you know, that he was a school kid in because my wife's from Freehold, and so a lot, of, lot, a of, lot of the boss connections. I just drove to Freehold Sunday. To meet my nephew Who's five And go to Federici's Pizza Is this gonna This is gonna hurt me In Philly If I talk about New Jersey No, no, hour, no Because right? no, the okay, boss Is loved in Philly right. oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, boss yeah. Is loved in Philly Okay, but yeah. the boss is good but, yes. but Spike,
2: on the other hand Has some well, interesting Perspectives
0: on Well, I, I Look this What? Is, you don't like the boss? <laughs> holy cow That's impossible I thought It's more well, complicated Than that, right? It's, it's pretty complicated <laughs> Look, I think he, he doesn't have That many good songs But What? But he doesn't He has like I songs this up I teed this up <laughs> but, uh, yeah and- <laughs> I, I like this to be positive about music but uh, yeah, yeah. My, my general theory on Springsteen is that everybody is involved in like proving to each other how like all he he's trying to do. Nobody likes fucking three and a half hour concerts, Daryl. Nobody in the whole world. So, <laughs> I did. I've so, one of these. Now nah, you're saying that, but it's like it's mostly <laughs> it's mostly forty to six year old white guys who me. who lie and say that they like three and a half hour concerts, and there's Springsteen up there who's doing nothing other. Than playing a role and trying to prove he can do a three and a half hour concert. There's just, <laughs> it all seems like false joy to me. It's just <laughs> bullshit. I,
1: I can s- say that it's. I've been to only one of his three and a half hour concerts, and <laughs> it. it was pure joy for me. Except when he hit on some, obs- like I'm not a huge, huge fan. So he'll hit probably a third of his songs. I'll, I'll be like, oh, I don't know this one, and then, and then I'll be like, go back to Born to Run, come on.
0: You See, know? <laughs> I, I compare that to, so you have You'll Be In My Heart, Phil Collins from Tarzan on here, yes. right? Don't you cry, cause you'll be in my heart, yes you'll be in my So Phil Collins <laughs> is a guy who, if he did a two hour concert, every, the guy has the perfect amount of songs for a perfect <laughs> concert. <laughs> he, like they, it could be banger, 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 banger. I just don't think do speaking. Do the Tarzan
1: it. songs count in the Phil Collins sure. compendium? Sure. Okay. I, I just, think so. I
0: didn't know if you'd rule them out because they're no. animated film or something. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I, it's not just. But seriously, is perfect. But I would say that like he has the per- Phil Collins like.
1: Is this why you like American Psycho, or are you a serial killer? Is are you just sort of revealing <laughs> right no. now that you're a serial killer with how much you like Phil Collins? Or, no, or?
0: I, I I think I think Phil Collins is is actually there are some artists whose success make them underrated because they're so like they're. Um, they have so much airplay and they're all over the place and people take for granted how good what they do is. And I think Phil Collins, like, we all got used to hearing it in minivans and on easy listening stations and all this. But the songs are like, they're like impeccable. I, I how, just,
1: did, how did I do on my selections? The, like, I, I think I have invisible touch. I've got the Tarzan ones because my kids love Tarzan. So like they, it has a lot of meaning. Like well, Invisible Touch
0: it. is a great tune. I mean, like, yeah. uh, but I don't think you can go wrong. I forget which song, and you didn't have any Genesis on there. There was no Genesis on this.
1: Is not Invisible Touch Genesis? I think it is. What's my memory is bad? That was a, that was his solo album. I don't even know. I thought Invisible <laughs> Touch was solo. I didn't think
0: Invisible Touch was. Genesis. I mean, you can't you know. tell
1: the difference, which tells you what you need to know about Genesis. I think, but so. I wanna get into uh the Shaggy <laughs> song.
0: Seminar much attention. He was there through my incarceration. I wanna show the nation my appreciation. Oh I love Shaggy. Yeah
1: Shaggy is I was right as Genesis. Yes, it is Genesis. God and I You're know, like Genesis. supposedly yeah. a Phil Collins fan. No, I just like, love him. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> okay. So Shaggy is just so much fun. I just uh, you, you can't you can't it's it's like melted cheese. You put Shaggy in your song and it's a better song. Like <laughs> I it's, love that. Yeah, it's, it's impossible. It's like cheese, cheese whiz in Philly. Like you just put it on stuff and it's better. Like it is. So. It's the cheese. Would you say Shaggy is the cheese whiz of? Popular music. Yeah, I think Shaggy is a cheese whiz of popular music. Absolutely, yeah, it's yeah.
2: it's a, it's not a guilty pleasure. It's like a comfort comforting pleasure. Like yeah,
1: yeah, it is. It's a it's a yeah. Angel. Like I love that people think that's like his song and stuff too. But 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 you know, just that song, Angel, is just the perfect Shaggy old song mix, you know, so. Well, it's just Angel with him yelling Shaggy in it, right? <laughs> no. That's part of the fun. No, no he has <laughs> a whole riff. He has a whole... <laughs> <laughs> Who's gonna have your back when it's all done? You know, that kind of... That, he does a whole riff in there. Come on. I've never heard of Spring Awakening. Spring Awakening. Okay, Spring Awakening is because those songs of a, were good, very good. Yeah, uh, it, I, I believe Duncan Sheik wrote that. If you oh. believe it, well, he yeah. did. He huh. did
0: all the music for uh, Amer- the American Psycho musical. Was Duncan? Yeah, Sheik. yeah. So yeah. exactly. And Leah
1: Michelle, who was later on Glee, was the star. As was uh, Jonathan Groff, who later became the star of Mindhunter and has been in mm-hmm. a bunch of musicals. So that was their breakout. It's it's this really crazy concept. So it's like 1880 Germany where the par- the parents won't teach the kids about sex, so they all, like, have freaky sex situations, basically because <laughs> no one will teach them anything. And that's the show. There you wow. go. Wow. <laughs> really? How <laughs> long mean, did I, that last on Broadway? That doesn't oh, seem like... Oh, it was like... quite a while. It's, oh, really? it's very good music. It was, like, two or three years. And then oh, wow. it came back in a really cool version where they had just... Um, Uh, people I don't know the right PC term now but auditory challenge like people who are deaf did this musical actually on Broadway and it had another big run I'd say like three years ago so
2: I was noticing there's a lot of uh, film score selections here like uh, John Williams a theme from Raiders of the Lost Ark Star Wars Superman you got Bill Conti's gonna fly now for Rocky (laughs) Which is a classic, or are you saying Philly? Yeah, it's a classic. You know,
1: (laughs) you guys actually—you guys like that song, or do you just hate it? No, I love it. I love it. I
2: I crank that all the way up to ten or eleven if I can get it. You know, like I'm (laughs) I'm all I'm all in on that. But I was thinking about this. There a lot of my favorite songs. You know, you think about musicals, films, television shows. A lot of my favorite songs are songs that I associate with a, a film or a TV show. And it looks like from this compilation, or at least Blocks of songs that <laughs> a lot of the music that hour twenty seven hour twenty seven <laughs> at about yeah. hour twenty seven I realized that uh, a, a lot of these seem to be connected to shows. Do you do you find that a lot of your favorite music comes from a film or or a TV show?
1: Yeah, again, I just like things with the theme. I like that's why when I said we did this, you could pick. Anything on here, and I'll have some story about why it's on there. So I just like things with themes or things that remind me of things. So like it's a it's a pretty personal list, even though it's forty hours. But I'm old, man. I'm I'm like forty eight. It's I'm old. It sucks. But, I think uh, at this
2: point you have to keep just adding to it. You
1: can't rethink. Yeah, yeah no, no. You, I have to keep going. You have to keep going. This
2: has to get to like a hundred
1: hours. <laughs> and uh, my son loves this playlist, and he'll listen to it. And every once in a while, he'll be like, Dad. You know you can split it up into different <laughs> parts. He's like, maybe take out the classical music hint hint, you know,
0: like that kind of that kind of stuff. So yeah. It's funny. You say you're not a music guy, but you're clearly like a music guy. Like like you, you can't you can't know everything about Every song that you like on a forty-two-hour playlist, and not be a music guy in some way. You only had black album Metallica songs on there, which is something that <laughs> <laughs> you want a, a non-music guy. You want a, ma- you
1: want a master of puppets on there. You want. A- well- <laughs>
0: I think the Black Album's their best album, but it was notable that they were the only well, ones. Well, I'll there. explain
1: that. Can I explain yeah. myself? Yes. Yeah, so that's why I bring that's up. That's their only album that I thought, you can correct me, you might be more of a Metallica guy than me. It's their only one that has a thematic center is that album like all the songs actually relate to each other you tell me if i'm wrong that's that's my sense and uh, and so that's why i had it on there it's very thematic so
0: so what is what do you think the central like do you think the central theme is like unforgiving like what do you think the central theme of the the album is then? because i've never it's an excellent question i i feel like it's just sort of like someone
1: who's searching that that that's Hmm. sort of what comes to me when i when I listen to it, and the songs have, you know, it's a—they're different than their early stuff. Like, yes. And it—and it's every song has definitely came from like a common sort of uh, chords and uh, you know place. So I have no idea if it actually has a
0: theme, but it always did to me. So. Well, they—you know—this was—they were obviously a. Successful as like Google, as like Google <laughs> to see well, if they. If they think well, they, so. they were a successful band, but then. When Injustice for All came out and One got on MTV, their uh, popularity grew by, like, leaps and bounds. And obviously the Black Album, from a songwriting standpoint, a production standpoint, was a giant step up. You say they're searching, like, Wherever I May Roam is basically a song about the road that is, like, it seems like it's searching for peace. Unforgiven also seems like a song that is searching even don't tread on me. I guess that's like I never thought about it that way, but it's not a bad. The the feeling is certainly there. I don't know if they wrote it that way, but the feeling is definitely
1: there. I don't know. We'd have to ask them in their one interview every five years or whatever, <laughs> yeah, right. whatever they do. <laughs> so well? It's well yeah, most right. Metallica fans hate the Black Album because it was like the album where everyone like liked them, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, it's our secret band where we could just be angry at the world, and now now they're popular and that kind of thing. But I, you know, I listen to the early stuff. I like the black... I like melodic stuff, so, mm. you know, the black albums, they're most most mainstream. Type yeah, thing, for sure.
0: So.
2: You know, you said you're not a music guy, but, like, I agree with Spike. <laughs> you do seem like a music guy, just yeah, the kind you're of thing... You,
1: yeah, you're <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, like, I don't know Bruce Springsteen's 420-song catalog. I guess that's what I mean. But, right, yeah. but you know
2: the tunes you like. As far as uh, going to concert, concerts, I know that's not really possible at this moment. Or there's not many shows right now with the pandemic, but... Gradually coming back, but is there one particular concert that comes to mind or a band that you've seen many times that, like, as soon as it's as possible to see bands again, you can't wait to see this group?
1: The the number one concert I've ever been to was Shakira, actually. <laughs> really? Wow. I know I'm, I'm probably ruining any cred right now, but you make a woman go mad. So be wise and keep on reading the signs of my body. She is astonishing to see alive. Like, it's absolutely true. Her hips don't lie. She puts everything into this show. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually true. It's actually <laughs> true. Lie. And, and she, tells, she tells stories with her songs and she gives it, like, you know, those performers who, like, they're, they don't mail in performers who come to Houston, they'd mail in performances yep. often, you know, because they're not at Madison Square Garden or whatever. And she just put everything into this, and I, I remember that. Uh, uh, for yeah, she's she's number one for me.
0: N- now, when I'm looking, so one song that was on here that I hadn't listened to in forever was "Only Time" by Enya. But also is a thematic <laughs> song, is a great song, but is. You're, you're right. It does have that same feel that you're talking I about. I often
1: skip that one because it was, it's just like one. I just skip that one <laughs> only because I don't know. It never jumps out to me. So I, sh- I hmm. always think about removing that one. I only say, I only leave it on because I'm like, it's an important period. Enya was big for like two years. Yeah. Really and it big. was she was the music for this great Steve Martin movie, uh, L.A. Story, I think. Oh, yeah. And uh, so that's how I remember it. I worked at a movie theater when that came out, and so I'd hear her songs constantly during this thing, and it just felt wrong to not have one Enya song just from my, my 80s. <sighs> Childhood, so uh, she's she's on the cut list
0: though. I have to say, so was that song '80s or was it? I feel like it's like 1990. It felt like I don't know. I'm so old. I'll look it up. Know. Yeah. Do you well, know was, roughly how many songs
1: are on here? I have no idea. I just add. <laughs> I <don't. laughs> 1988. I 1988.
0: Win. Yeah. Yeah, I win.
1: Yeah.
0: So uh, it looks like only time came out in in 2000. So.
1: Oh no. <laughs> oh, that's the late. Well, uh, so I just remember her album Ironica Flow was 88. That's what I was looking at. I thought it was from that album. I have the wrong no. song. I'm going to have to switch it to that one because I can only have one Enya song.
0: You, you know the the other one that I hadn't listened to in a while and it it really makes you think about the passing of time because I I guess it's probably about 20 23 years maybe ago it came out was when Maybe even 24, was when My Name Is by Eminem came out. Oh, it's a in the grass faster than a fat man who sat down too fast. Come here, lady. Shady, wait a minute. That's my girl, dog. I don't give a damn. race sent me to take the world. And I remember when I was in college and we first got Eminem on vinyl, and it was like, like, now we've all heard Eminem for 20 years. Oh. So it just sounds like Eminem. But at that point, it sounded like nothing. And you were no. like, this is fucking amazing. And he did it. The a,
1: world changed when I heard that album. I thought it was the best thing. And I couldn't believe I was listening to it. It was so amazing, actually, well, when it when it came out.
0: Yeah. Well, that single, I think, had Guilty Conscience was the B-side. But, like... Nobody knew what to do with it. Like, alternative music stations you know, were playing it, and, like, I remember he did an in-store here in Philly at a little record store, and, like, it was such a, a an oddly diverse crowd to see, you know. An no, artist. and the
1: song, in it, and I was, like, I think 19 when that came out or 18 or 19 when it came out, or maybe even a little older, but when they had the song of, like, him taking his daughter to, to bury the, his mom that he had just killed, and I'm like... This is on an album. I, I couldn't believe I was listening to it. Like it was, uh, it was actually astonishing that that got made, and you know, amazing stuff. He's talented as hell. So, and I wonder sometimes
2: because the way media is now is like he he hit in a way that had such a broad appeal. I think like the way we absorb content and media is so different. I I wonder if he's just an incredible artist, no matter how you slice it. But. I wonder if if he would have hit in the same way now if he came out 20 years later, or if it you could almost see him. He had cred in the underground. I remember first hearing him on like some raucous
1: compilations and yeah. things like that. I wonder if he would have had the same crossover impact. I think now. he would have made it because like guys like him, they're very smart. So he would, it would have been different because he would he would have figured out how to break through the noise at the time. So he would have... He would have figured out. How, it probably would have been just like singles and stuff like that instead of a whole album. But I feel like great performers like him would have broken through in any era. I could be wrong, but
0: we, we did an episode that was all about Dmx last week um, with Ike from uh, from WIP, and he like Eminem, like Dmx. I think is the way you're talking about. It, it was sort of like undeniable in the way that their their music was going to. Like almost assault you, you know. Like there, there would have been no way that it wouldn't have been surprising. Might not have been as big, but I think right. he he would have made like an impact, you know. I, th- I think there's feels those like artist. Yeah, I
1: like to think that because if, if he had stayed in Detroit, no one would discovered him. The world would have been a worse a worse place. So. Yeah,
0: for sure.
2: You're talking about like singles as opposed to albums. We talk about that a lot on the pod. Like the. The sort of the enjoyment of listening to a record start to finish. I know this is a playlist. You kind of handpick your your favorite tunes, but w- what are your thoughts on that? Because it's your like, favorite six hundred f- tunes. Your favorite six hundred. <laughs> tunes. But is taking one record of an artist that you really love top to bottom? Is that ever how you do you listen to music in that way, or do you kind of just jump around more often? I
1: too? don't anymore. I do. I do miss that. I mean, I think uh, you know they're just some great like Pink Floyd, The Wall. I just to this day, yeah. it just like.
2: We don't need
1: no Start to finish, like, just was mind-blowing, and I only listened to that because my dad brought it home. I mean, I was young when that came out, and again, it's like a musical. I, they even made it a movie, right? And yeah. so... So that, that, those are the kinds of albums that released, and then Meat Loaf, Better to Hell. That was a, thematic albums were a big thing from like '75 until at least like early '90s. I think uh, I could be wrong, but that that's sort of the time period. And then they're gone. Yeah, well, and now,
0: they, we still get the occasional concept album. You know, American Idiot was a concept album. We've mentioned that Bush was like Walker, twenty. Some yeah right. <laughs> no it was like yesterday man it feels <laughs> like it was yesterday it has to be
1: 20 some years ago it has to be at least 20 years ago
0: it, I feel like uh, it was it was after uh, yeah you know it, it probably was it, it was, was probably yeah. 20 years ago yeah oh man that's yeah. so sad boy Sorry. holy shit I know. Uh, you do have this is a pro Prince podcast you do have When Doves Cry on there are you oh, a yeah. big Prince fan
1: I'm a fan. I can't say big. I think he's hyper talented. It's it's sort of he's sort of weird in that he's like has more solid than iconic songs to me. And then you know I have one when doves cry. I have seven on there because that has that had a lot of meaning. I did a cross country trip with my with my future wife uh, from Chicago to New Jersey. And for whatever reason, we just had radio because the cassette players broken. And on repeat was Seven and Morning Paper, like over and over on the trip. So I just remember those songs. And I love the the New Power Generation. That first album came out when I came to Northwestern. And I listened to uh, their first, the first one he did with New Power Generation on repeat. But frankly, I couldn't like find a song that could fit my... Very exclusive 600 song playlist. So, <laughs> so, I mean, there's a lot of good. Uh, there's a lot of good like late night played in the background to hope to get your wife in the mood songs for Prince. You know that, that Prince I think is most useful for. Hey, if I play it in the background, maybe it'll maybe it'll send a just a just a
0: subliminal hint to my wife. <laughs> so. Not 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 so much the newsies. Sound.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, she loves Newsies. She yeah. does
0: love Newsies. How can you not like Christian Bale? That it. That's my, my wife's favorite musical is Newsies. Watches the movie. Watch. Used yeah. to watch the movie repeatedly. We saw it. The
1: movie was watched. hard to get. So until recently, she was. She must have either kept her VHS tape, which she probably did. She did. Uh, or she had to wait for Disney Plus. But it was a hard. It was hard to get. You know how Disney did that thing where they wouldn't release movies. Yep. It was like the most bizarre thing ever. But whatever. So.
2: Well you were mentioning kind of the late night quiet storm sexy song kind of thing. If you had to if you had to pick a few of your favorite songs that are in that in that vein, <laughs> what uh, or maybe even your top a, five, Daryl Mori's top five uh quiet storm uh, jams.
1: I would say just again, because you know, I'm forty, so is my wife. The color me bad. Um, ah, yeah, yes. Yeah. That's the jam so, right there. That's uh yeah. Girl, you know I'm on you. And this is what I'll do. So uh, number I 1 would be I want a sexy you. That's up. that's that's number 1 and then if you really want to just be overly obvious, it doesn't even matter which one. Uh, but if you get a Barry White, you throw a Barry White song on, that just is like, that's just like like hitting him over the head with a hammer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like you know, it's, there's not even any subtlety to it, you know, so. Barry I, White could be two through five, probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just take your <laughs> exactly. pick. Exactly,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a, a recommendation for you if you've never seen it, because I I was actually yeah. surprised I didn't see anything on the playlist from it. There was a movie that came out. I, let's put it this way. I Don't Know You Well... But knowing the music you like and knowing right. there's a movie that came out in 2016
2: called Sing Street. I to find out who I'm meant to be.
0: I did see Sing Street. Oh, did you like it? I I expected there to be oh it yeah. Did you did like it didn't jump out. I think I'm getting oh. old
1: and cynical. Uh, really? Aren't they like supposed to be the
0: Beatles-ish type? Well, no, it's like, like it's yeah, a, like a, yes, but it's it, so basically moot. Have you seen Sing Street? I have not seen it. Oh, okay. So it's basically about this kid uh, in, I think it's in Ireland or Scotland or something that basically decides to start a band and learn how to play an instrument to impress a girl. Um, and like, like it, it is very, it's not a Disney movie, but like there's a, a true disney vibe to it there's a very positive ending to it but like i i'm a very big as i've said before i love coming of age fucking movies and that sort of stuff but just like i don't know starting a band to impress a girl it's just <laughs> you funny, know what killed sing story. sing street and what and this is where is
1: it got like so highly rated it was like rated like in the top 50 movies of all time on like uh, one I of these know. meta raider sites and so i went into it like you better be great, you know? And then I'm watching it, and I'm like, it's not great, but it's very good. Uh, so, it, okay. you know, I should stop looking at reviews. I think that ruins movies. Like, it's just... Every movie should be rated terrible, and then I'll enjoy them better when I watch yeah, them. Yeah, I myself. don't
0: watch trailers because I don't want to know anything. I really just look at, like, the poster, and I'm like, ah, that seems like something I would enjoy. Smart. And, and that's it. And my, my wife knows that the Rotten Tomatoes recipe for me is high critic, <laughs> low audience score. So if All the audience right. hates it and the critics tend to like it, I take it. But I didn't know Sing Street was, was critically acclaimed. So
1: that's like really that. interesting. I'm the opposite. I need the audience above, like, 85 Oh, and I wow. need the critics just have to be above like fifty-five, like because because okay. they're too pretentious for me. Like I, I, I'm not like looking for the perfect movie or anything. I, I just want to have some entertainment, you know. And if there's some trite stuff in there, I'm cool with it. Essentially,
2: so. so, when you look back at like Godfather or some of these classic films that came out, you look at the Metascore. There were like ten reviewers back then, you know. Right. There was less input. yes. Uh, we're yeah. just constantly so inundated with input from every angle now you look at metascore it's like out of 60 reviews once you add that much input into it it gets harder to discern what you might like out of it because i just think it gets too skewed you know what i mean
1: well and it's not better there's just tons of research that the like having tons of reviewers doesn't actually help you that things get very sticky like college football rankings if You're rated, like, in the top few. I actually think it's hurting Joel Embiid this year. He wasn't highly rated coming into the year as an MVP candidate. Now, you know, if he doesn't win this year, let's say he's second, I think going into next year he'll have a much better chance to win because he'll be, like, the favorite. You know, those kinds of things matter, unfortunately.
2: And they shape perspectives in a way that I feel, like you said, it, 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 it doesn't represent the substance of what the discussion is anymore it just the the opinions like seem to overtake what the actual crux of the conversation is you know like i look at jo- like joel well i mean maybe we're biased here in philly but
1: i know i know you guys are with me on we're, this we're we're biased i yeah. can yeah. I'm biased, and, and, and and it's biased. biased. so yeah. probably, it's my job to know bias and this one's not even yeah, hard right <laughs> <So>. right exactly
2: <laughs> but i mean is there anyone that that impacts the game and change his game for his team like like he does. I don't think so.
1: I don't I mean, even think it's debatable. Joel's been the best player when he's played. I think obviously the the time thing is, is the argument, and uh, and I think it's it's a reasonable one to talk about. You know, I'll take the guy who's super impactful for a shorter period, but that's that's me. So,
0: amen wow. to that. Yeah. My only position is he's my position. He's the best player on offense on his team. He's the best player on defense on his team. The team has the best record in the conference. Boom. Like, uh, like Boom. to me, it's sort of, like MVP. To me, is sort of like Hall of Fame. I always think Hall of Fame should just be like a sniff test. Is like, is that guy a Hall of Famer? You just go, yep, yep or nope. And to me, that's like that's my my gut. So, but I am biased. So, what are you gonna do?
1: We're definitely biased. Yeah,
0: so you got any more songs, Moot? I'm sort of songed out. Like. I, <laughs> I mean, we could do a whole just Uh,
2: yeah. We could discuss entire musicals. I'll say one last thing in closing, and I'm I'm curious. You have my favorite things on here, Rodgers and Hammerstein.
1: Some, I love how you said that. I've never heard someone say that with that accent. Yeah, I don't know what your accent is, but yeah, you
2: got my favorite things <laughs> on here: Rodgers and Hammerstein. This is a I Philly. believe
1: yeah. no one's. It's never been said. Those words <laughs> we have never been said with that accent. Well, before. you know, I have an alter ego,
2: Tommy from down the shore. He calls into WIP <laughs> yeah, he's sometimes. A Philly guy. It's yeah. a Philly guy. <laughs> Actually, Tommy from down the shore discussing musicals. Yeah, it's a beautiful tune. Very yeah. musical. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, can I ask you? I'm learning accents. So, what is your accent? Well, well, which one? This one? You no. mean this whatever, one every, mean? whatever the one you just used on my favorite things. So.
2: Uh, that was more just sort of my smooth moot, I guess I would call it. Yeah, would you call it that,
0: oh. Spike? Oh yeah, I would, uh, yeah, smooth, I would call that your smooth moot. But
2: but yeah. but the other accent, yeah, the one that's like this when we're talking about yeah, you know, <laughs> musicals and wonderful melodies and arrangements. That's, that's Philly that's Philly that's hoagie mouth
1: yeah that, that's hoagie, hoagie, hoagie mouth I'm learning you know, that's these hoagie things mouth. You forgive know? me that I don't know these things but, I, uh, I figured you know.
2: I, I didn't want to come in like I almost thought like out of the gate I'll come in strong with Tommy from another shore but I didn't want to confuse things too much <laughs> so I, I figured we would save it <laughs> okay. to the end uh, okay. you know but uh, yeah I think the more time you spend here you'll start to hear it more and more you know to just like this that. I can go in yep. and out of it you know what I mean it's like if you listen to WIP, you call in Ice Water, Hoogies, Pretzels, you know, musicals, <laughs> songs. But I forgot what I was going to say about my favorite things. Oh yeah, my favorite things. That's a great example of uh, a song from a musical that's a pop standard, but that also became a jazz standard. Uh, if you,
1: the John Coltrane's, I didn't know that. That's a jazz standard, now. really.
2: Yeah, check it out if you guys. Uh, John Coltrane's version of My Favorite Things, I, I think is one of the most incredible jazz performances ever recorded. And it just makes you realize how incredible I'm going to
1: check that are. out. That's, yeah, I only have one jazz. I think I have Take Five, which is the most generic jazz song ever. but Classic, you know, though. Classic. classic. Like, like yeah. in Hoagie
2: Mouth, I would say, yeah, that's a classic. You know what, <laughs> what I
1: mean? <laughs> <laughs> I would say my favorite things might be the most wholesome musical. It's like the most down the fairway. You just feel good after... It's like Greatest Showman is like that. It's just oh, yeah. like the most straightforward, you know, A to B to C plot. Uh, unbelievable songs by Benj Paschik. Um and so my favorite things is 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 for that. If you have sound of music on there, you got to have that one. So
0: absolutely, the hills are alive. Um, Can I wow. ask a
1: question to you guys? What? Yeah. Uh, as we rap, Yeah. What song were you like?
0: What, WTF? Well, you can't really say that because here's the here's 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 my position on why that's why that's okay. impossible. You you send me the playlist and literally you just keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and it's all musicals. Like for the first half. So at that point, I'm like, what the fuck is this deal with the musicals? So so it was really just the entry to it because right. I'm I'm a like, you know, I would say one thing, Moot and I like come from different musical places, but one thing we're both in on is is it a good song? Like no sort of guilty pleasure. Right, right. You know, like if it's a good tune, it's a good tune. You shouldn't feel so I don't I don't have any like I I was actually sort of relieved when I'm like, oh, R. E. M. Pink Floyd, he's like he does like some normal stuff. It's not, you know, it's not just all music. He's not
1: psychotic. Yes. This person, this person is part of the Sixers. No, he's not, he's not a psychopath. (laughs) Well, I told
2: Spike this when, you know, when he first mentioned you were coming on, you mentioned musicals, because that's near and dear to my heart, because that's the first performing experiences I ever had.
1: We're in music so What were your, like, who were you and what musical? I well,
2: I was know. the first thing, sophomore year, I was in Broadway Review. I sang the theme to Oklahoma. I put on the okay. cowboy suit and everything. And that was right. my first time being in front of an audience, like, whoa, this is,
1: this is something. You know, the whole, can you give us a line of, oh. Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma where the wind comes sweeping down the plain Oklahoma. and the waving
2: wheat can sure smell sweet when the wind comes right behind the plain uh. oh, Oklahoma every night my honey lamb and
1: I I'm a nice. <laughs> you gotta pick it up
2: from there <laughs> I can do the counter
1: The counter That was beautiful That's the first Sort of singing duet We've had on the Carl Yeah I've not had one before (laughs) That might be the last I think You're just gonna have to Put a couple disclaimers On this one Spike One is (laughs) If you're not between The ages of 40 and 50 Don't tune in Yep (laughs) Like and uh, if you if you want bad singing, don't t- you know? Don't tune. Well,
0: Mootloo's other talent is uh, like I don't know if you've got a favorite sitcom from when you were growing up, but he knows all the theme songs, like every one of them.
1: Oh really? Like,
2: he's, like Hills, he's- Hill Street Blues? You can. Oh man, wow, Hill Street Blues! Wow.
1: Well, <laughs> that's all
2: instrumental, right? That's all instrumental. Okay. Throw, okay. throw another.
1: We just did a whole Moonlighting. Moonlighting.
2: Oh man, that's instrumental too, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. is. Okay, how many lines of Mash Suicide Is Painless can you sing? Um, wait, uh... <laughs>
0: I said sitcom, the guy comes up with MASH. Oh, man. yeah, He'll
1: yeah, yeah, sorry. Players. Okay, cheers, cheers.
2: Oh. <laughs> Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. <laughs> Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away?
1: Couple lines there. You can throw a couple Growing lines. That's awesome. Dang. Yeah, Does that's... He, you don't sing much on this? This is pretty good. Well, what, can I ask what else you performed? I loved Oklahoma. Anything else? From musicals or sitcoms? Yeah. No, musicals. Yeah, yeah. Musicals. Or from uh, high school or whatever. Yeah, well, then I was...
2: Um, now, this is a long time ago, but I was Perchick in
1: Fiddler on the Roof. Uh, which okay, is that's was a- uh, one of the ones who marries one of the daughters. Exactly. Yep. Which one were you? The tailor? You know, you weren't the tailor. That's. Uh, I'm trying that's to remember. Definitely
2: one. one of the 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 guys that's married
1: to the to one. I of- think you were the guy that the dad doesn't really doesn't approve of. Yes. Yeah. That, yes. 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 <sighs> the, the dad's like, I, okay, I finally got comfortable with the tailor because she didn't marry the butcher. Right. So, but but then his next daughter then goes to even someone more crazy, and he's like, my whole world's. Changing so, <laughs> of course, if if I was a dad, I'd be like, I don't want this guy marrying my daughter either. So you're you're perfect, perfect for the role. Beautiful, I <laughs> I, I, I
2: fit like a glove with that role. And and, and then I was uh, in Carousel, which uh, okay. which is another Rogers and Hammerstein. So know.
1: when. Oh no! That yeah. When the children are asleep, that's the best song from uh, from Carousel. Right, and I'm I'm hazy on it. I remember soliloquy. When the children are asleep, sing it, Mm -hmm. bust it (laughs) out. Well, it's it's a hilarious song. It's basically about he's like trying to. He's basically telling his wife that he's gonna start this uh, business to can sardines. It's a very it's a period piece. He's like, I'm gonna make so much money. Canning sardines that we're going to have like 10 children. <laughs> it's a hilarious song. It's on the playlist. Do you do the playlist as you release this so people can see my, yeah, so, my so psychotic
0: playlist? Yeah, yeah, so what I'm going to do is now these take a, a like a few days for me to, you know, produce but what okay. is, I'll do is do it after some,
1: a win after a win yes
0: <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll hold it for a win I will okay, thank you I will put some clips in the uh, in the actual pod and then in the post there will be a link to the Spotify playlist that everyone can um, so everyone nice. can enjoy your one <laughs> fucking playlist one it's unbelievable <laughs> and also, usually people
1: have like four playlists how does this work I don't and know and also Daryl
0: and I's duet of Oklahoma right that's gonna Oklahoma, be I mean, yes that's, that, that's that'll big. be in there yes, too yes. I'm, yes. I'm actually looking so the only The only thing that I have one playlist, I have a lot of playlists, (laughs) the only thing that is only one playlist for me is my running playlist for when I run in the morning constantly updates. But you take stuff out of there too, don't you? Yeah, I take stuff out and I put it, and then we do a playlist for each one of these pods with the songs that we talk about, so I have those too. But I guess like, I guess I don't know, if I didn't have the running one, I don't know if I would be a playlist guy. The cool thing about Spotify, Aside from it ripping off all of the artists that it used to, yeah. like to build them, <laughs> right? And you'll I'm, get you'll a get mass one vehicle one of exploitation. Of but all that play. Yeah. <laughs> but the the cool thing is is that because it crowdsources all the, the playlists, if I like want a '90s rap playlist, I just type in '90s rap playlist, and there's seventy of them that people have made already. So um, so you don't even have to do it yourself.
1: So. so wait, this is opening my eyes. What do I do? So, okay. Do you have, do you have your phone?
0: Do you, I do have my phone. Oh, okay. yes. All right. So, okay. So open, this is great. Open Spotify. Okay, I'm in Spotify. Okay, at the bottom where it says search. Yeah. T- tap that. And in search, type in like a theme. Okay. Uh, type in anything. Like, do you know what? When my wife and I eat sushi musical. at home, when, when my wife and I eat sushi at home, I type in sushi restaurant, <laughs> and there's like 30 sushi restaurant playlists.
1: Okay. It's a musicals to sing my heart out is the first thing that came up. Is that, is that
0: a playlist? It's That's probably a playlist. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's, it, it finds ones it thinks I'll like? Yes. And then the oh. more- the, this I just thought is this. it was just like a random search
0: of the word. No. And then, well, it oh. what it does is it bases, I mean, this is the, the good and the bad of the internet, right? Is that it will base the results on what you've already listened to. Oh. And what wow. you like. And then it will start suggesting you playlists every morning uh, if you want, based on your listening habits.
1: Well, the only thing I do is listen to The Rights to Ricky Sanchez. Yeah. On, huh, on, on Spotify. Yeah, yeah. And it's a play. I have to go with music in the shower though, because I I tried to listen to Ricky Sanchez in the shower, but it gets too garbled. I can't. I can't. Don't. You guys aren't don't enunciate enough. Well, that's Mike. <laughs> okay. you know,
0: I'm a pro- professional broadcast. Mike Mike does. Has, has
1: Mootlu have you weighed in on Mike being high during
0: these podcast recordings or not? Have you has weighed he been? On
1: a, this? Is he is he high <laughs> often? So or? there there's
0: a listener. There's a list. The, Okay, when we started putting it on YouTube and now people can see Mike, in addition addition to his like, uh, yeah, (laughs) in addition to like that, he looks like he's high. This this is like Mike,
1: like, hey, he's like his hairs come down like, yeah. Yeah, I've never, you know, like, I, I'm trying to think then, now.
2: Like, a few times I've been on there. He seems like maybe like I'd say, yeah, he might have. I, I, I'm not saying he has, but I could see how maybe
1: he might have talked a bit. Yeah, and the eyes sort of come. To, I can't even do it, but like the eyes are sort of like
0: you know like this. And so, so. well, he he's we record. You'd think we record. You know, some Wednesday nights or Tuesday nights, but also like Saturday or Sunday morning. You'd think we were recording. He's on the West Coast at like seven AM Eastern time with how tired he acts like he is. We recorded at fucking eleven o'clock Eastern time. The eight AM is not so early that you can't get up and do the podcast. So so some of it is tired, you know. Yes. So, well, yeah. The
1: the takes are the takes are sharp though. I, I do Thank you. Uh, yeah
0: absolutely I
1: like uh, I, I, I always counted when I when I first got to Houston and here I, I I try to find the people that actually know basketball, and it's it's sadly often a shocking <laughs> few, and I gravitate to them, so I don't have to I don't have to like be tortured when I talk to them, so it's good. So
0: well, I appreciate that. I, th- I'd
1: say you're, you're a little hard on Ben, but we can have that debate some other time. So well, other-
0: yeah. It, you know what it is? I am har- it, it has become such a divisive thing that the what happens is is I'm reacting to the reactors who are who are acting. Because th- that's what everybody does. Like acts like like what what I do is I see the responses like this is not a problem at all, and I'm like, well, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> so I get I so it just becomes like a battle of. Of straw men instead of a real discussion. Instead of like a discussion,
1: yeah. That That never happens in sports. No, no. (laughs) Well, I mean, my
0: entire career now is based, I love it. I think it's, (laughs) to be clear, I think it's fun to debate that way, but I don't know that it's productive to actually finding like a specific answer. To what Probably, you're
1: not. For. Probably not. Probably so, not. Hey, thanks for having me on. That was yeah. Uh, but that's your job, by the way, not our job. <laughs> yeah, so, it's true. It's it. true. Yeah.
2: Uh, Thank you, man. Thanks Thank for you me on. so much. That was truly that was pleasant.
1: fun, and uh, I'm sure I'll see you guys at a game.